Hey love, welcome to this episode. So excited that you're here. Today we have Danica Norton, who is a life transformation coach. She uses NLP, CBT, and other faith-based approaches to help women overcome self-sabotage and become the leaders they were meant to be in business and in their home. And I'm so excited for this conversation because CBT is a practice that I use a lot with my own clients, with myself. And so I'm super excited for us to share really amazing practical strategies related to CBT. But then also Danica is going to share a little bit about what NLP is, neuro-linguistic programming, what that is and how she uses that. So I'm so excited to share with you these really powerful hopefully feel really practical mindset practices. Also, if you have not already entered the giveaway, please head down to the show notes and make sure to do that. I have a very short Google form that'll take you less than five minutes and a lot of it are multiple choice or check boxes. So it's not a lot of open-ended questions. Really what I'm trying to do is just get to know you better, getting to know you, getting to know what's on your heart, the challenges that you have going on and really how I can serve you best because I want to make sure that the content that I'm creating is really what you're needing and is really going to serve you at the highest level possible. So if you're up for it, absolutely please head down to the show notes and make sure to enter the giveaway. Hey love, welcome to the show. My name is Devani. I've been in the mental health field for about five years and I have my master of social work. Every episode, you'll hear faith and psychology-based mindset and emotional wellness tools to help you start taking better care of yourself, feeling more present in your life and your business, and creating your life by design. Let's dig in. Why don't you share with me, I know that you are a pro with NLP, which I'm super intrigued by. Why don't you share some of your favorite mind-body practices or like NLP techniques, just whatever is coming up for you that you have found most helpful either for yourself or for your clients? So I usually use a mixture of CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy and NLP, which stands for neuro-linguistic programming. And I am currently working towards getting my my master um, master's master's certification, and it's like it's like a combination course, so it's like super long, and it's like taking me ages to get through it. But um, so briefly, how NLP works is it basically helps you to understand how your language shapes your perception of the world. That's pretty much pretty much the gist of it and it it can get like super complicated and like I'm definitely I'm not going to dive like too deep into that because otherwise it's I'll I'll just be talking in circles for for the next 20 minutes but that's really the gist of it and just really understanding like what kinds of stories you're telling yourself what kinds of beliefs you're carrying around with you and changing the way that you think And the way that you talk to yourself, the way that you talk to others, the stories that you're telling yourself day in and day out, and then how that will, over time, change your perception of the world and ultimately your behavior. So this obviously can be used for, you know, for good or for evil, right? You know, like, like everything, but um, 
I, NLP is just really interesting because my, my background is in something called communication design, which is actually where my husband and I met. And we often joke that we went to the school of propaganda because that's, that's basically what we learned is how things like the media and corporations and advertising, how they use things like language, things like photography, lighting, colors, shapes, fonts, how that is all manipulated to make people think and feel in certain ways to influence buying behaviors or to influence cultural norms. And how that's reflected in NLP is really interesting because it really is at like a really individual level and it goes even further than just, oh, we're gonna convince people that they love, they, they wanna buy hot dogs instead of hamburgers, right? It, is really down to like your your day-to-day life and like at a literal neurological level how you perceive everything about your day-to-day life your relationship with yourself your relationship with others um it is extremely powerful thing once you understand how it works and even just you understanding that the words that you use the tone that you use the um, the phrasing that you use with yourself and with others very heavily influences behaviors. And even just that key piece of awareness will help you to understand how you're able to change the way that you talk to yourself. So for example, if you're always asking like, oh, like, why does this always happen to me? Why am I always running out of time? Why am I always so stressed out? Right, if you're always asking yourself, asking yourself those types of questions, you're going to get answers that are pretty negative and self-defeating and that just perpetuate that feeling of never having enough time or that feeling of never, never being good enough or that feeling of always being overwhelmed, right? And so once you change the language that you're using and once you, once you change the phrasing that you're using, so instead of saying, like, oh, like, why am I always so overwhelmed? Saying, oh, how can I make things more enjoyable for me? right? Like really just like you're talking about the same thing, but from a vastly different perspective. And then of course the answer that you get is going to be vastly different, right? Why am I always stressed versus how can I enjoy this more? How can I make this feel more productive? Exactly. And one question that I have found to actually be very powerful with myself and with my clients, um, it's like, it seems like it's too simple to be true, but that's how you know it's like going to be the most powerful things because usually it's the smallest shifts that have the most profound effect. But when you feel like really overwhelmed or stressed out, just asking yourself, like, how would I feel if this was fine? Right? Like if this wasn't a big deal, you know, let's say you feel like everything around you is on fire. It's like your kids screaming in the corner. You have a hundred unanswered emails. You accidentally sent a DM to the wrong person, you know, whatever just ask yourself, well, how would I feel if this was fine? Like, or what if this was fine? Like, what if this was no big deal? How would I feel? Just being, oh, I'd probably feel pretty okay. And then that really helps to neutralize everything. Yeah, that's so powerful. And then from there, you're much more able to take action from a really calm and grounded place because you're like, okay, okay. It's like, it's like a de-escalation technique of like, okay, if this feels okay, right? What would that look like? And then what would the action look like? Like, how could I move forward from that different space, from that different feeling Mm -hmm. space? 
Exactly. Yeah. And then, so pairing exercises like that with CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, I love CBT because it's very analytical based and very action based. And for me, like years ago, when I actually, I started to go to therapy because I really struggled with anxiety and CBT really helped me to understand where those feelings of anxiety were coming from and how, like how I could change my behavior in order to alleviate those things and to, and to literally create a life where anxiety wasn't a problem. And it's, it's so very, powerful. yeah. And it's, I love CBT because it's very empowering because you, you're literally taking this thing that feels like it's this huge problem. It's so overwhelming. You're just peeling back the layers until it becomes this like really manageable thing. And you get to take it into your own hands and understand exactly what kinds of things that you can do to change. So an example of a really powerful exercise in CBT is finding evidence for the thoughts and the beliefs that you're feeling. So let's say you sent out a DM asking someone to join your program and they didn't answer you, right? You And so you're feeling really anxious because, oh man, they don't want to join my program or I said this the wrong way and I scared them off or whatever. And just, okay, what's the evidence that I have that says that they don't want to join my program? What's the evidence that I have that says that they don't want to work with me, right? The only evidence that you have is that unread message, right? And then think about, okay, what evidence or what else, like what is another possibility for what this could mean? And it could literally be anything. It could be they just had a busy day and didn't get around, didn't get around, to, I can speak, didn't get around to doing it. Or they needed some extra time to think about it, right? Like you have no idea what they're feeling. Or it could even be like a technical glitch on, on Instagram side. Cause like what I've seen, sometimes Instagram will hide DM for me from like for weeks at a time. Like I'll get like, you know, like I'll check my DMs and, you know, I'm at inbox zero. It's great. And then the next day I have an unread message that's like three weeks old. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? Right. So like, keep in mind that it could literally be any reason at all that you just, even reasons that you, that you can't even think of. Yeah. Right. So just really take, it really takes the pressure off for you to like you don't have to be right about every scenario because I think where a lot of these assumptions come from is because if you can be right about it being the worst case scenario sometime, like somehow that seems like it's going to be helpful, but it's really not. And just understanding that, hey, like you don't have to jump to conclusions. You don't have to be right about everything all the time. And you can just say like, yeah, well, I, you know, based on the evidence, I can't really come to any conclusions. So I'm going to choose to believe this, right? Mm -hmm. And if you choose to believe that they just didn't, like, if you choose to believe that they just didn't get around to answering the message and that they still want to join your program, your whole demeanor is going to change. And even if you're wrong, even if they decide like, oh, you know what, I actually don't want to join that program, the energy that you bring to the conversation that you bring to the conversation because of your belief around that is going to be so much more powerful because you're still going to feel confident and you're still going to feel like, you know what? Okay. That's totally like, I'm totally fine 
in this conversation. Like I'm not bringing lack. I'm not bringing anxiety. I'm not bringing scarcity, right? I'm just feeling confident. I'm feeling fine about it. And either you're going to be right and they'd still want to join or you're going to be wrong. And the conversation is going to go a lot better, even if you don't get the end result that you want. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So powerful. And I think, so the things that are standing out to me is that it sounds like bringing awareness is right. And we talk about awareness all the time. Bringing awareness is the biggest first step. That is the first step is just, is just becoming aware of your thoughts. Like what thoughts are you having around this? So whenever we notice, maybe we're feeling tense, maybe we're feeling anxious, maybe we're feeling stressed, whatever that is, like, what are the thoughts that are happening? Right. So bringing awareness to that and then just starting like being willing to question the thoughts that you're having, because we accept them as like these ultimate truths, right? Every thought that you have must be true. And it's like just learning to start questioning them. And then I think a great way to do that. And I love that you brought up those really specific CBT examples. So finding evidence for both sides. So you start to question your thought, just start to notice, right? Allow yourself to question it. And then asking what evidence do I have for this? What evidence do I possibly have for a different reason is another reason possible, right? So looking at both sides to kind of neutralize, like you said, and then that amazing final question that can be really helpful in CBT. And you mentioned it is if this does happen, right? Like if this worst case did happen with this client, with this potential customer, would I be okay? Like, what, what would I do? Would I be okay? And then, you know, that creates this whole other level of, oh, okay, (laughs) of allowing us to just be okay with that. And so I love that you brought up CBT. That's one of the the methods that I use so much with clients as well, because I think it is so powerful to look at. We have these. So for anyone who doesn't have a ton of experience with CBT, it's looking at like the beliefs that you have, the thoughts that you're having and the actions that you're taking. Um, And then a step further that we could look at depends on how you do it. I think different people use kind of different strands of CBT, but could be the outcomes, right? So with a lot of people, I look at what are the thoughts that you're having, then what actions are you taking? And then what's the result of that and drawing those out in columns. And that can be helpful to do if you have an area of your life where you're not feeling really fulfilled, where you want to create some type of change, like drawing out those columns, right? Of thoughts, behavior, action, whatever feels good for you, whatever word thoughts, and then behavior, action, and then outcome. And looking at like, what have you been doing? and draw it out. And I love that you said it's pretty analytical and it is like, it's really nice to be able to see, oh my gosh, these are so related because we have a thought and then it leads us to act a certain way. And then it continues to create this same outcome. And then we wonder why we're not able to create change or why nothing is changing. And it's like, you have to change something in there. You have to change the thought or the outcome or like, or the action to create something has to change for the outcome to change. So I love that you brought up all those really tangible questions and practices. Exactly. And like you wrapped it up so much more succinctly than I did, but I love how you talked about, you know, really having those three columns because it's just getting all of that down on paper is so important. And something that I think not a lot of people understand until they actually, you know, they can see it in front of them, what that journey looks like is that, your beliefs create your actions, right? And your thoughts 
over time create your beliefs, right? So they're all really intrinsically connected. And where most people really struggle is they will always try to change their their behavior, which is at the very end of that journey. That's just the symptom. That's just the symptom of what's happening. Exactly. It's the very last step. And this is where self-sabotage comes in because you're in NLP, there's this concept of your map of the world, right? So, you know, you know, obviously, you know what a map is, right? It's a reflection of the terrain, the world that you're in, right? If you have a map of America, it's like, okay, this is what America looks like. This is the shape of it. This is where I need to, you know, if I want to drive from New York to Chicago, this is where I'm going to go, right? It's the same thing with your brain's interpretation of reality, right? And everyone's map is going to look very different based on their experiences. And your map is what is going to ultimately direct your actions and your behaviors, right? And your map consists of your belief systems and your your thoughts and your perceptions around things, your the meanings that you created based on experiences that you've had from the time you were very young. And especially the ones that you've had when you were younger than like when you were from around ages like two to seven around there, those are the experiences that are the most deeply ingrained into your subconscious. So, you know, let's say you were, uh, this is, this is an example I give, like I, I just did a podcast episode about this on my podcast and I'll, I'll give the same example that I did there. Uh, let's say when you were young, you were bullied in school or you didn't have very many friends and that the meaning that you created from those experiences told you that you weren't, it wasn't safe for you to be seen because you would feel humiliated or you'd feel rejected or whatever other painful emotion that you felt. And then over time, you have this belief that it's not safe to be seen. It's not safe to be seen. Right. And then you constantly will create scenarios for yourself that confirm that belief. So let's say that you go to launch something and you still have this belief that it's not safe to be seen. So you're going to subconsciously create a scenario that affirms the belief that it's not safe to be seen. So you're going to sabotage the heck out of that launch in order to create an experience that tells you for the 10,000th time that it's not safe for you to be seen because you're going to feel embarrassed. You're going to you're going to not show up for yourself. You're going to start poking holes in everything. And at the end of the day, you're going to be like, well, look at that. See, I proved myself right. It's not safe to be seen because I launched and now I feel like a total fool, right? Because you have this belief and everything that you do that doesn't match up with that belief is going to be ultimately sabotaged by your I like to call it your your inner saboteur because you're not necessarily aware of why you're, you're sabotaging yourself. And that's why you can never change your behavior or you, you can never change your life through just trying to change your behavior alone. Because if you, once you try to change your behavior so that you have a different experience, if that experience doesn't line up with the beliefs that you're having, then you're just, you're just, it's just not going to work out. Like, like you, you might, you know, you might be successful for a little bit, but ultimately you're going to end up falling right back into the old patterns that affirm that belief. And that's why it's so difficult to change your behavior. Yeah. But once you start to change your beliefs, 
So instead of saying like, it's not safe to be seen, if you start telling yourself, I am worthy of being seen, I am important, people want what I have to offer, just thinking these thoughts over and over and over and over again, over time, it's going to form a new belief. And then your behavior will naturally start to shift to match that belief. So good. And I think, so creating, like having that affirmation, right? Mm -hmm. And then like you said with, oh, with the CBT questions, right? So you have that affirmation. And then when you're going through these experiences, asking what evidence do I have Mm -hmm. that can show me that this is true, right? Using that, that question as well, because then asking yourself that and really thinking about, what evidence do I have that this could be true? Because if it, what evidence do I have that this is true? If that feels too much for you, what evidence do I have that this is true? Then just try, just try to start with what evidence can I find that this other option that I am worthy of being seen, that I can be seen, that it's safe to be seen. What evidence could I find that this could be true? So starting to ask yourself, both of those can be so, so helpful. I love that so much. Mm Yeah, exactly. I love that. So I'm so glad that we got to talk so much about NLP and CVT. Are there any other mind-body practices before we kind of close up in the next 10 minutes? Are there any other practices that you find really helpful? If we have women who are saying, okay, I realize that, you know, there are some beliefs underneath that I'm struggling with. Are there any other practices that you would suggest for them to start with? So I would say just really understand what God's heart toward that is. Like what if it's your business, if it's maybe you don't feel confident in yourself, maybe you don't feel worthy of making money, or maybe you just feel an overall sense of overwhelm towards your business, like whatever it is, try to understand what God's heart toward all of that is because, right, because ultimately your heart needs to reflect that because what's going to happen if God's heart is leading one way and your heart's your heart is leading another way it's just not going to work so just understanding maybe you're not sure how you want to think about something or how you want to um perceive something try really hard to understand well what is God's perception about this how does God see my business how does God see my approach to my business how does God see my approach towards raising my kids, you know, whatever it is. And do this through really reading and reflecting on scripture, through journaling, through prayer, through worship, all of these things. And even just saying, you know, you don't have to do all of this inner work yourself. And like, I think a huge cultural thing about entrepreneurship is, you know, do the inner work, you know, do the mindset work, you know, do all of the, do do all of these things. And yeah, journaling, like, uh, reading and reflecting on scripture, prayer, I think I said prayer already, um, worship even, just understanding what God's perception around your business, around your, maybe your approach to your business, or just your your life in general, like whatever it is on your heart that you feel unsure about, and really trying to align yourself with how God perceives it, and what his heart towards that whole thing is, because if there's a disconnect there, then doesn't matter what you do, you're not going to feel at ease in whatever it is that you're doing, because, you know, at that core level, you're going to know that you're not aligned with what his attitude is towards all of that is. And 
at the same time too, understanding that yes, like CBT is very helpful. NLP is very helpful. Meditation is very helpful. You know, all these like inner work practices are very, very helpful, but understanding that it's not all on you to do this, like the inner work. And there's this huge culture in entrepreneurship around doing the inner work, doing the mindset work and understand that as a Christian, it's not all your responsibility, right? Like just asking, you know, ask God to search, you know, God knows your heart already. He knows what you struggle with. He knows what lies you've been believing. He knows how you're not fully aligned with him. Like he already knows. He knows things about all of that that you, you can't even hope to understand, right? So just saying, hey, like God, like search in me what's not aligned with you. Search in me and find what I need to work on or what I need to release, or where I need to grow so I can be more like you and be an instrument for you, right? Because that's the ultimate goal. And letting him do that work for you because he wants to do that work for you. He wants you to be, you know, be in him because only when you're in him can you walk, fully walk with him Mm -hmm. and fully walk in your purpose. And understanding that these practices are helpful, but if you're doing these practices separate from God, then they're not going to be very helpful to you, right? Using them as a supplement for when you feel like God is calling you to, to do that, right? Rather than trying to do them apart from God so that you can be good enough. Because I know that's a very easy trap as a Christian to fall into. Like, oh, before I go to God, I need to solve this issue on my own. And like, no, you don't. You don't need to solve that issue on your own. He is here to solve it for you or with you just giving yourself permission, like giving, you know, opening the door for him to do that work is just so, so, so important. And he can do it way more quickly and way more effectively than you ever could on your own. So just remember that as a Christian, you have that option. That's so good. Something that I've been working on and that I've been doing more of recently is I, I think I've had this habit of trying to do a lot on my own. And that's just naturally my tendency has always been, you know, like I'm very, yeah, very high achieving, like want to do all the things, want to do things really well. And so something that I've been practicing more often is just when I notice, right, that awareness. So I have that awareness that I'm starting, that I'm feeling stressed about something or that something is creating tension in my mind or in my spirit. And then really just going straight to God with it and saying exactly what you said, which I love so much. And that's a daily, daily lifelong journey that we're going to be on is show me your heart about this. Show me what you feel or see or think about this. And so what that's looked like for me lately is exactly that. Just going to him and saying, what do you think about this? And it can be that simple. Like even just that is a huge first step for someone is used to trying to do everything on their own is just even going to him and that being one of the first things that you do and just saying like, show me your heart for this. Like, let me hand this to you. It's creating a lot of tension in my heart. I'm going to hand it to you. Show me what you think about it, what you'd like me to do, what you feel about it. And I love that you said that because I feel that really when you're asking God to show you his heart about a situation, that's our daily lifelong, like mindset renewal, right? Like we're renewing our mind every day to, like you said, like becoming more like him, seeing things more like how he sees things. And so that's a daily process that we're in. 
that then allows us to feel more peace and more calm and less tension and less stress. Because if we try to adopt how he's seeing something, even, even just like a glimmer of how he sees it, right? Because we'll never be able to fully, fully see things how he does. But even just to see something, a stressful situation, a challenge in your business, a challenge with your partner, if you're able to see something even a little bit more like how God sees it, you're going to be able to feel a lot more peace about it and then to take more aligned action. And when I say aligned, like aligned with his word, aligned with his heart, And that's how we really create this bigger picture, this lifestyle of healing and of wholeness as we continue to ask ourselves these questions that we're talking about every day. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a scary question to ask too, because if I'm like, okay, God, like everything that's not aligned with you, like release it from my life. And it's like, oh no, like my business is going to die. You know, it's like, you get, it's scary because these things that you've put your heart and your soul into that might not be aligned, but they might be things that you really want or things that you find fulfillment in or things that you find confidence in. And I, I, I did a post about this a few weeks ago because I had this realization that I was finding my identity so much in my business Mm -hmm. and not in, not in him. And, you know, obviously, you know, God does not, like that and he does not want that for you because he knows that it's not going to give you the same peace and the same fulfillment and the same confidence and he's going to maybe withhold certain things from you because he knows that otherwise you're going to be so fully immersed in those things and not in him and so good sometimes you just have to be willing to fully let something go from your life in order for that thing to fully flourish, because it's not about having that thing or not. It's about where your heart is. Yeah. That's so good. And yeah, you're totally right. It can be really scary to <laughs> to ask those questions and you're like, I don't know if I want the answer, but I'm going to ask anyways. Yeah. It's, that's so, so good. So we have talked about so much. We talked about CBT. We talked about NLP. Are there any last final thoughts when we have women who are listening, who are maybe, you know, struggling with all the things or just feeling stressed, feeling anxious, where would be some good first steps, like things to start with. And again, we already shared so many great starting points, but would you have any last thoughts or any practices that you would leave them with? I would say to read your Bible more because I can guarantee most people listening to this, you're not going to see your Bible as like you're a business resource or a life resource. And it's really easy to, especially in this age of social media and content, it's, you know, you're listening to podcasts and you're listening to speakers and you're watching videos and, but how much are you actually reading your Bible alone and just really taking the time to absorb what it is that you're what you're reading and to reflect on it and to apply it to your life. Because I can tell you, like, I've been in the church my whole life and it wasn't until a few months ago that I actually started to seriously read my Bible and it changed everything about how I, like my map of the world was completely changed and I didn't do anything to like actively try and change it. It was just from really understanding or doing my part to understand what it is that I'm reading. And every time, you know, reading books in the New Testament and the Old Testament, it's like when you, when your heart towards that is different, 
it's a it's a, literally it's like you're reading a whole different book like ch- like chapters that you've read a hundred times before are going to seem completely different and they're going to hit you completely differently when you're actually seriously open to really absorbing it and applying it because like it's it's a living word and it's going to apply to your life exactly how you need it to apply in terms of your business or parenting or whatever it is and it seems like like oh like it's not super relevant or it's just it's old or whatever but it will give you so much clarity about what's aligned what's not aligned what you need to change about your life moving forward what you need to change about your heart posture like I seriously cannot stress this enough and I don't know if people are necessarily going to like that answer because they're going to want like oh like oh she she's going to give me a new guided meditation or a guided prayer or a journaling prompt and none of those things are going to help you if you're not really serious seriously absorbing and applying scriptures to your life so good so good beautiful oh so much goodness so much goodness where can people find you all the links will be below but where where would you like people to find you so you can find me on instagram at elevate with danica um danica is d-a-n-i-c-a i'm sure you you know to add that in there it'll be spelled out already but so you can find me on Instagram at Elevate with Danica. And that's pretty much like I have, I have Twitter, I have Facebook, but pretty much Instagram is the best place to find me. So I'll, I'll just give you that. And I also am giving out weekly emails on my list. So, you know, just going, find me on Instagram at, at Elevate with Danica. At the link in my bio, there's going to be a way to sign up for my list. And that's really where most of the juicy stuff is going to be coming from is my list because as we all know, Instagram is getting more and more unreliable every day. So um, yeah, that's pretty much the two, the two main ways that you can connect with me is through, through my list and through Instagram. Beautiful. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me.